Hello, and welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, mystic, spiritual midwife, and visionary leadership guide. It's my great pleasure to share inspiring and intimate conversations and emerging wisdom gathered from our collective feminine journey of awakening. My guests are revolutionary women at the cutting edge of both personal and global transformation. I invite you to join us in claiming our sovereignty, changing the world, and flourishing no matter what. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I have a very special interview that actually has brought me out of semi-retirement this, uh, this year. I was so excited and delighted at the opportunity to speak with friend and soul sister and sea sister, Lucy H. Pierce. Welcome, Lucy. I am so honored to bring you out of semi-retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so let me let me tell our listeners what you're all about these days so lucy h pierce is driven by a need to create to connect and inspire she is a best-selling author a vibrant artist a respected publisher and editor and her work focuses on self-knowledge and healing through creativity, archetypes, and cyclical living. She gives voice to the soul, the spiritual, the liminal, the darkness and discomfort, and the magical in the midst of the mundane. Often described as raw, authentic, and life-changing, her work encourages authentic paths to self-expression and is celebrated particularly by highly sensitive and neurodivergent women. I'm a yes to that. <laughs> Her award-winning books include Burning Woman, Creatrix, She Who Makes, Moon Time, Medicine Woman, and her most recent book, She of the Sea. Lucy is the founder of Womancraft Publishing and the mother of three. She lives on the south coast of Ireland. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you. So we are here today to dive into She of the Sea. Mm. And I have to say, like, this is the book I've been waiting for my entire life, I would say. Oh, I'm so pleased. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I recall, because this is actually our third interview, this is our third mm -hmm. conversation. And I recall as you were preparing to put this book out into the world that it was we'll say creating some seismic activity in your <laughs> your inner being yep <laughs> yeah 
yeah it was a hard hard one to birth so for me the very hardest was burning woman yes which which i can see now because that's the the book of mine that has touched the most people has reached the most people and it took the most courage to to birth and that was five years ago and i i then went on to to medicine woman which was actually supposed to be part of burning woman and i was like no this is too big and then medicine woman again kind of there was this this thing that was was kind of starting to emerge in medicine woman and and creatrix the next one and i was like okay this is a different thing still and each one kind of requires a lot of courage to to even face what the material might be because when i start i usually start with the idea of of a title um it's kind of I don't want this to sound arrogant but I love my book titles like they really speak to me as a person like I would pick them up off a shelf and every time I hear them I'm like yeah yeah I that really means something to me so finding the title is really important and so she of the sea it was always going to be about the sea it was almost something like the sea priestess something around the sea priestess but there were a couple then that came out because it took four and a half years to write a couple that came out in the meantime and I was like ah no they've nabbed the title <laughs> <laughs> so um so it kind of it it took a lot so after after burning woman I thought I've I've probably burned through a lot of that fear around putting my voice out there being seen for who I am all of that I thought you know that that was the one that did it but no she of the sea has uncovered even deeper depths of the absolute terror in me about sharing my voice sharing sharing what I truly think and believe discovering what I truly think and believe and so um it's a lot of it is kind of biographical it's about my own relationship with the sea and then I invited 30 different um, women and non-binary people to contribute what the sea means to them so it wasn't just my story because I was hearing again and again just how powerful on every level like metaphorical as well as physical the sea is for women especially people in general and how often people are called to it when they are healing, when they are in grief, when they are feeling overwhelmed, far more even than any other sort of nature. So I was really trying to explore kind of what is that for myself, as well as asking other other women and non-binary individuals, like, what is it for you that really, one, calls you and two, heals you? Um, and healing not meaning like taking everything away, but allowing us to engage in some way with with the the dark fluid messy insides that often we can't touch and so when i say yes to a journey like that i have to do the whole flipping thing you know all this stuff i might have been avoiding the rest of my life suddenly i've got to live through that and so for me there was a big piece on my own neurodivergence i was diagnosed as autistic um during the process of medicine woman mm. um and so this was a real diving into how has the sea kind of helped and supported me in in my my discovery of myself and um and then there's a big bit about um uh, 
the oceanic in terms of um, it's a term Freud used when he was describing what is at the root of religion. Um, and it's this oceanic, this calling to, to God and to magic and to goddess and to the sacred, which I've always been seeking after personally, but I find it really hard to talk about. Um, it's been very, very private to me. I guess in a way for some people, sex might be that private. For me, God and magic really is. Mm -hmm. And so I really struggled putting that out there. I really, really struggled with whether I was gonna be taken seriously, both because I was really exposing myself as autistic, really giving you a view of what it looks like, what it feels like to be autistic, mm -hmm. as well as the God magic piece. And I went through it um, literally the week it went out to all the pre-order customers, I went through it and I tried to take those bits out again because it felt so unsafe to me to have that, yeah. that there out that I could be judged on. Um, and so, yeah, I had, I had months worth of, of migraines, like 15 migraines a month for three months um, in the, the process leading up to the, the publication. We pulled the publication forward just so that I could get through that migraine thing because I was literally in bed just in agony for for months it was horrific wow wow and how how has it been in the aftermath it's been three or four months now um again it's taken about that long to settle my system so the whole way so it came out um it came out in July and the whole way through the summer like my system was just fried from that degree of stress and anxiety and worry um and partly that's because you know I write a lot about our local area and my my connection to the local area and yet this feeling of not belonging here because I live in Ireland but and I am Irish but I don't sound Irish and I haven't lived here all my life and so there was that feeling of being judged by people I know in real life who might not know me very well and this might be kind of like they know about me they kind of have seen me on the street and suddenly they know like inner thoughts they uh, there I am writing about sex about suicidal ideation about you know emotional highs and lows like everything and and people real life people who I see in the supermarket can be you know knowing all that about me and that that's what I find hardest as as an author is I love to dive deep and it's it's vital for me to dive deep but then it makes just everyday life trickier <laughs> and how have you been received have you been has life been mirroring back to you appreciation or have you had any offers yeah. yes no you know what what I've learned and I have to learn it again and again and again is I'm not the center of the world. No one's really thinking about me that much. And you know what? It's grand. It just doesn't feel like it in the lead up to it and in the aftermath. But, you know, no one's going to say to my face, oh, you weirdo. Uh, you know, they might be saying it behind my back, but, you know, they might be saying it behind my back anyway. Um, so it's just me. It's my nervous system that I have to then calm down. And then I got sick a lot after that, you know, bug after bug, because I was just... I was fried from it and so this autumn has been about daring to create again because like to me creation is 
life is living is how I know myself is how I have a sense of who I am and what I am which I don't have when I'm not creating which apparently is quite a common autistic thing to not have a very kind of fixed sense core sense of self it's very um it slips through my fingers very ephemeral I, I don't really know who or what I am most of the time but when I'm creating I get a sense of direct connection to that and so when I'm not creating when I can't create because because I'm my nervous system is exhausted my inner critic is you know like running the show I I really struggle so this this autumn has been about reconnecting with that creativity re having the courage to to risk it again because you know there's that knowledge when you've fried your system <laughs> through putting something out there you don't really want to go there again and yet you need to to stay healthy so it's a it's a really tricky dynamic wow wow well well I do want to say to you just in terms of my my opening comment is that you were able to articulate and put words to a facet of my inner life related to the sacred and the oceanic in particular that um, that I have felt like I've walked around with three heads, so to speak, and to, to be odd in some way, but to know there's someone else in the world and I, I know there's more than just you and I. <laughs> Um, and that's the bit yeah, that bit yeah. that I wanted to take out that bit that I couldn't bear being in that's the bit that everybody has said including my own father has said Lucy that you have given words to something I've never been able to say but I feel that so deeply and I am so grateful to you for saying that and so that means the world because that that was the hardest bit to say yet that was the bit that needed saying maybe everything else was just a vehicle for that that sense of connection and, and words that we can share yeah but it doesn't make it easy <laughs> no 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 so I do I want to honor your <clears throat> excuse me bravery and willingness thank you yeah I, I mean truly bravery and willingness and that has been a really a facet or a thread that's run through my my whole experience of knowing you because the first time we spoke it was after you published burning woman mm. and we talked a little bit about your your womancraft journey and and just your journey of going out on that leading edge of um faith and creativity and and, and forging new territory for all of us, I would say as women, but collectively as well, because for us as women, in my opinion, to reclaim these essential and sacred aspects of ourself impacts everyone. That's so lovely to hear because that's why I do it. And yet I have to only do it for myself in the moment that I'm doing it because, because that is the impetus. But like the reason I share the work is, is for that, is for that hope that it will, it will reach bigger and do bigger. But, but <laughs> like, it's like the leading edge is the only place that I'm happy being because it's where I need to be and yet it's the hardest place to be I just want to be like 
cozied up and hidden and and invisible and secret so it's just such a you know backwards and forwards constantly between that longing for invisibility needing to be at the leading edge you know needing for everything to be safe needing to be questioning everything just backwards and forwards yes yes so like the sea exactly exactly and and i wanted to just name a little bit that the this book contains it is like so many facets like the color blue mm. emotions and transformation and shape-shifting and and information about our evolution and about our relationship as women with the sea there are so many treasures it, it was like a treasure hunt <laughs> every you know each page was so cool so how do you how do you even bring that bring that together how did how did you do your research what was the you know what was the journey for you <laughs> um one step away from insanity most of the time <laughs> i mean i remember telling um my dear friend Lee, who um, works with us at Womancraft, and um, I, I remember, you know, first I have to write quite a lot by myself and kind of really get a sense of where it's going, and then I can tell people what it's about. Mm -hmm. And she said, how's the writing going? And I said, fine. And she said, so, you know, tell me more. And it literally took me about 40 minutes to explain to her what the book was about <laughs> because it covers so much ground, right? It's like, it's so hard. If somebody hasn't read it, they say, what's the book about Lucy? I mean, it's about the sea. That's the easy thing. It's about the sea and it's about women and women's relationship to the sea. That's easy. But then we get into that kind of, what's it really about? And, and, you've summed it up really well like you know it's about the shape-shifting it's about transformation it's about uh aspects of the feminine which which are associated through all cultures and history to do with the sea and what's that about now that's my kind of question again and again why are we associating the feminine with the sea what what gifts what treasures what secrets does that hold for us in that understanding of it and um Yeah, just what is the call of the sea again and again? That's what I was coming back to. So what is it? Where is it? How is it working on us? So I literally worked through as, as many aspects of us as humans, as human women that I could think of, you know, touch, <laughs> taste, you know, what happens when you take the sea in through your skin? What happens when you take it in through your mouth? What happens when you breathe it in? You know, is it the minerals? Is it the sound of it? Is it the feeling of water on your skin? Is it the imaginary you know connection that we have with water is it the elemental you know what is it so there's a lot that we have to kind of unpack when you ask that bigger question and so we have to go back to you know what is it in terms of us as a species like what is it that calls us to the sea because it's not just individuals and it's not just at this point in history you know it is something really primal so I'm looking at every primal element of ourselves, really, to see, and it's not just one piece, obviously, but when you know all, a lot of the pieces and how they go together, it kind of, you know, you can start to weave a, a tapestry and an understanding of why all these aspects matter. And then if you aren't able to access the sea, or you haven't been in a while that you've felt the call, you might understand, oh, well, you know, if I can take in 
the minerals by taking a supplement, if I can listen to the sounds on Spotify, if I can surround myself with blue, you know, then I can be getting some of what the sea gives us, not everything, but some of it. And that's what I really wanted to give people because I, I heard a lot of women saying, you know, I love the sea, but I live, you know, a day's journey from the sea. I can't get there very often. So I really wanted to gift women the sea in a book. You know, as much as I possibly could and to give them that experience of all of the different aspects. So I've arranged it mm. like a, a trip to the sea. So first of all, we drive down to the sea mm -hmm. and then we get out of the car and we go for a walk along the shore and we start picking things up and discovering things on the shoreline. Then we just discover the plants on the shoreline. Then we dip our toes in the water and gradually we get deeper and deeper into the water. So that enables me to bring in more and more different aspects, but it's organized like a physical journey to the sea. Um, which I find really important. All my books, I structure that way as much as possible so that you get the energetic mm -hmm. experience of whatever, whatever that experience is. Like the first book I really learned to do it with, no, actually I did it with, with my very first, The Rainbow Way, which mm -hmm. is to do with a labyrinth and I take you in and out of the labyrinth. It sounds so simple. It requires me having done all the research, got all the material there, banging my head against the wall, how am I going to organize this? And then my brain goes, oh yeah, Lucy, you've got to do the energetic journey. And it's like, ah, oh, okay. It's not like, it's not like, oh, this is what I do every time. Obviously, this is how you do it. Now, brain forgets that. You just see this mass of information and, and there's this total despair of how do I make this accessible to somebody? Because there's so much and it doesn't all, you know, evolution doesn't mix in with the color blue, doesn't mix in with <laughs> cyanotype photography, doesn't mix in with witches and pirates and seaweed and, and you know, it doesn't go. Right. But, so but, yeah, that's, that's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, you found a way to do it. And it takes a huge amount out of me. And my, I, I had to start taking medication of, of three years ago and my ability to sort that amount of information has definitely been impacted. I, I, I find it much harder than I used to with my earlier books to hold that amount of information and weave it. So I have said to myself and to the world that I'm not gonna do that to myself anymore. Now I'm working on the next book and. <laughs> you know <laughs> um it's getting a little complicated but I'm trying to keep it simpler for myself because it is hard yes do do you want to give us a even a little clue what the next book is about <laughs> it's on my Instagram at the moment I shared something today so it's called crow moon and with my books, you'll, you'll start to recognize that I do a thing of, of dropping little hints at the end of one book as to what the next one's gonna be. So you'll see that as you go, as you go back. I think Burning Woman's the first one I did it. So I leave breadcrumbs for where we're going because always, you know, when, when you're reading the book, I finished that several months before and I've been working on that for several years before. So I'm starting on the next project before you get She of the Sea in your hands. I've already started on the next one. So I know where mm -hmm. my journey is going. I know which images are calling me. So Crow Moon is 
is is it and as you can see with Shear of the Sea, I'm starting to go down a more word and image route. I started that with Creatrix. It, it's really powerful to me, this connection between moving backwards and forwards between word and image, image and word. I've always done it in my language. I love metaphor. I love, I love that exploration of, of form with words, of energy with words, but I really feel like it's it's an important next step for me because that is how my own work is going more and more so um i just got myself a new ipad and i'm really loving being able to have more creative control over fitting the words and images together because obviously when i'm working on microsoft word with the words uh you can't really do much around image work so um I'm really enjoying that connection of the two of them myself, because previously I've had to hand over, do the images by hand, hand them over to my husband with text, and then he does all the kind of the on-screen blending them together stuff. I know where they have to go, but then he has to actually do it. Whereas this way, I, I can do the alchemy between them more myself, which really, yeah. it feels really potent for me. It's, there is some sort of, you know, alchemy, magic, transformational creative power that goes on in that space between the word and the image and how they interact with each other and how they create each other you know so that I'm literally writing words and then creating an image and then writing more words and I'm really excited about that so we shall see how it comes out in, <laughs> in book form but that's where I'm at with the journey for it yes and I wanted to ask you because I love the the um cover of your book is that a, mm. is that your work your creative work that's mine um that is made with alcohol inks which i'd had a longing to use for several years and hadn't had the courage to for me it takes a lot of courage to try new things um and for me i needed to capture that blue 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 intensity of blue and so I just, I, I played with page after page, playing with these inks, figuring out how you can really get that sense of like sea spray on it, as well as the intensity of blue. And oh, it was heaven to do. So again, I'm moving towards doing the artwork for my own covers now too, because that took courage too. I don't want to have lame art and one's own art always feels a little lamer than other people's. So it's something that people have asked me to do and I resisted. I've got three books now with my own cover art, but I'm going to do it from now on. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, mm. it's incredible. So so for those who don't know the book and it'll it will be posted, but there there's the cover right there. It's um it's amazing. I would grab that book off a shelf if I saw it. And to me, that's how I always judge our book covers for Womancraft and my own books is, would I grab it? Does it like speak to the energetic of the book? It doesn't have to be representational of, you know, all the themes and stuff, but it has to have that energetic pull that whatever the book is about, it has that same feeling that it makes in my body. And that does for me. <laughs> It does it for me as well, as you see, <laughs> like blue is, blue is a passion of mine. Mm. So while we're at a pause point, I, I wanted to just let our listeners know that you have made a generous offer to share one free copy 
of your book to one of our lucky listeners. And so I wanted to let them know that in order to be eligible to win that free copy of Lucy's book, uh, we are inviting you to just share about this episode, either on Instagram or Facebook, and just to tag me. And then on the solstice, the winter solstice, which is two weeks from when this comes out, uh, we'll be choosing the lucky winner. And then Lucy and Womancraft will be sending you a copy of the book. A signed copy with <laughs> an exclusive bookmark with the She of the Sea blessing on the back of it, which I adore that blessing. I don't tend to write much rhyming poetry. All of my books have poetry in. I don't tend to do much rhyming, but that just came through me. It's a, a very much in the the, the, the style, the feel of um, John O'Donoghue's Celtic blessings. Um, it just, it came out just like that. And it just, you know, there was about three or four words I switched, but it it was incredible just to, to experience that just coming out. And it was, it was whilst I was down on the beach for what I thought was the ending of the book and what is the ending of the book in the epilogue, but obviously, you know, more stuff happens and you have to slot it in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have it, but I have it here. The I don't have it with me. Um, uh, I can get it on my phone one second, but that's not really going to help you now, is it? <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if as we're starting to bring this to a close, if you might want to read it because it, it is so mm. powerful. And rather than my reading it, if it can come through in your words, I, I think it might be a beautiful way to bring this to a close. It would be wonderful if we could just dive and swim together all for eternity. But <laughs> in fact, I was thinking at some point there's gonna be a college level course, the Lucy H. Pierce um, course, just going through the arc of your books, the, the arc of oh. the journey or someone doing their PhD in uh, oh my god you speak to myself I would I would love that on a on a soul level I would love that seriously I I'm seeing mm. that I'm, I'm not just saying it I I am seeing it and people have done you know bits and pieces of of you know I I have been referenced in 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 bits and pieces of work it's lovely you know, I, I came from an academic background and I made the conscious choice to leave academia in order to have the fullness of expression rather than be, have to speak in academic speak and only speak to a small audience. I really wanted to take what I had learned in academia, in history of ideas, um, and bring that through in a, in a lived sense, rather than just more head stuff, more, more theory, more, you know, for me, that's what matters is like, humanity has come up with so many wonderful ideas, but a lot of them are stuck in the ivory tower and only for, you know, people who have got very high educations, lots of money. And I really want to, as much as I can, liberate as many ideas as I can, stir them up, stir up all the ideas that aren't supposed to go together. You know, the witchy stuff with the academic stuff, with the, with the God stuff, with the art stuff, like 
sod the boundaries, sod all these kind of things that we've, these, these barricades that we've put between forms of knowledge and ways of knowing, kind of let's do it. Let's actually embody this wisdom of, of humanity, this great wealth and find a way to live it out because like, it's not gonna be much help to us in a hundred years if it's still in books and there's no humans because you know we're all having to cower from, from, from a climate that's gone crazy. Like, you know, let's live it out. Let's live out this wisdom and see if we can get it working. Yeah. Um, so that's my driving force. So I had to learn how to how to speak in my own voice again because I'd been really trained as to how to be, you know, how to be an academic, how to speak in an academic voice, never use I. Whereas in women's circle, the primary thing is you speak from your eye. And so it's how can you bring in that ability to research, that ability to read widely at the same time as speaking from your lived experience, speaking from your eye. Yes, 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 yes. I found it. Yeah. I'm really hoping, like this is, this is, an old version so I'm really hoping I haven't edited beyond here so I'm going to try this <laughs> so this is the she of the sea blessing may yours be the sparkle of light on the ocean the whisper of foam on the sea the warm sand guiding your feet safely home a pebble in your pocket from me some sea glass a starfish some driftwood a whelk treasures washed up on the shore, a flower, a feather, an urchin, a pearl. Can you do the next line? Because this is different. I've changed this one. It says, keep your eyes open. Open for, for more. more. <laughs> You're going to need to keep going because I, I've changed the lines. You see, there we go. Sure. So keep your eyes open for more. May you know yourself held in the palm, the palm of her, of her hand, hand. Blessed, blessed by the, by waves. the waves, wild and free, <laughs> blown by the wind, anointed, anointed with, with salt, beloved of she of the sea. Mm. Thank you for reading that with me. <laughs> I know. That was perfect. <laughs> so there we go. You can see that there are edits that happen. The middle bit was edited and the rest was, so there we go. That was nice to see the process. Hmm. Yes, so thank you for this. Thank you for this deep, short, short but deep dive into She mm. and the Sea and your own journey. And I, I did wanna say, just related to the academia, I really see you opening up the dimensions of what's possible for, for ways of learning, ways of being, ways of synergistically co-creating. So thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really important to me to, that we can try and make connections in as many ways as we can between, between different fields, different ways of knowing, because 
I think that's where the magic is. And that's that's where we've always stayed away from as humans. We've tried to stay safe in our little boxes with our absolute knowledge of certain fields and know like the time now is is to move beyond that and to take risks, to 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 have courage, to take risks and know that we might fail sometimes, but know that the magic, the transformation that can happen when we take those risks and make connections is just so vital is so needed right now and so what I'm doing in my own life in my own creative career is is embodying that is showing how it can be done and I talk a lot about fear not so that people feel sorry for me but just so that you can see like it it's not easy like it's never easy if you're on the, the leading edge going into the, the darkness of the unknown like it is never easy for anybody so once people know that then when they feel that themselves, when they're starting to go kind of off piste and they're not quite sure what's happening and where they're going, that that's okay. Like that is the feeling you should be getting and, and to trust yourself and to trust that rather than back off and back away because the more of us doing that, the more magic can, can be brought into this world right now and we need it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Such a delight. And I want to thank you, our listener and watcher, if you're watching us on video. I want to thank you for being with us. And I want to remind you, as always, to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And visit theradianceequation.com to receive your copy of The Radiance Equation, a visionary's guide to coming out of hiding, owning your wisdom, and creating your greatest impact.